for the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world. We are live and amplified. So let's get ready to podcast. Fire it up. Welcome, everybody, to another live and amplified livecast. I'm your host, Tom Quiet, and we are back at it again with uh, another amazing podcast. Today, we have a very special guest. We have Sugar Nap. How's it going today, man? Good, good, man. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm really excited to sit down and chat with you and, uh, you know, get to know know more about you and what you got going on. And we don't have a lot of people from the, I'm going to just say the Washington scene come on here. So it's really cool to start bringing people in from all over, you know, it's, we've had a few people from Seattle and Portland and like the Pacific Northwest, but not too much from just Washington in general. So really excited to chat with you. Definitely. But um, before we kind of jump into the new single that released recently, uh, let's kind of give you an opportunity to introduce yourself to everybody that's uh, just tuning in, just tuning in or getting to meet you for the first time. But uh, So go ahead and uh, kind of give a background on yourself. Yeah, totally. I'm a 26 uh, year old um, writer, producer, engineer. Sugar Nap is my my moniker and what I do is I make it all myself. I produce and engineer it, mix it all in my home studio. Um, Grew up in Des Moines, Washington, uh, not Iowa. <laughs> it's about half hour south of Seattle, and um, spent a lot of time playing music in different bands um, between Tacoma and Seattle, and I guess the the greater Pacific Northwest area. And um, yeah, started started doing Sugar Nap actually a few years before the initial release, and kind of spent those years getting um, quite a large catalog of songs written and recorded, and um, then officially launched in July of, I, th- I think 2020. <laughs> it's been a either 2020 or 2021. Mm-hmm. It's been a been a crazy year. Yeah, it would be 2020. Uh, yeah, quite those years kind of kind of blend together. Last oh yeah, 2020, 2021. It's <laughs> yeah, all kind yeah. of the same. So totally. But yeah, I did that, and then um, last year in October uh, 2021, <laughs> came out with uh, my first EP, um, and then this year I've got um, my new single that just came out and so it's all pretty new stuff um finally getting back to gigging here in um in washington so that's that's really exciting i've got some very exciting news about that and some gigs coming up so yeah um yeah definitely i do a lot also in the winter i'm a a commercial diver which is uh kind of a big part of the story i guess because it's um it's a big big source of the influence for a lot of the sugar nap music it's 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 very uh, underwater inspired a lot of it or beach inspired so that's uh, that's that's the other half of my life <laughs> how, how did you get involved with that so i my i got a family history of commercial fishing mm-hmm. um and i uh i just love scuba diving anyway and and so my cousin got into it and it's a pretty small fishery i'm diving for sea cucumbers actually um which is not a vegetable contrary to uh some some beliefs that's <laughs> a sea slug and they taste kind of like clams, and they're real tasty. <laughs> but my cousin got into it, and uh, he, he called me one day and asked if I'd be interested in coming up and checking out the fishery and working for another diver that he was diving with. And um, came up there and fell in love with it and leased a permit the next year and then bought my permit last year. Um, so I've been doing it. This will be my fourth year this year mm-hmm. doing it. And, uh, yeah, it's awesome. It's it's really flexible because I'm only diving Mondays and Tuesdays, and it's, I'm my own boss. I got my own boat now, and so I can still fly home um, back to Seattle for gigs and all that. And I actually do some gigs up in Alaska in the town that I, I dive out of a lot. Mm-hmm. So it's just been it's such a cool, cool experience, and it's so hard to not be just unbelievably inspired every corner, you know, everywhere, every day. It's just, just incredible. So Yeah, for sure. And plus you get to – I, I mean, I'm sure you get to travel enough w- as it is with uh, the music and all that, but like the fact that you get to go up to Alaska, not a lot of people can say they've been to Alaska, let alone get to go there consistently. So, oh. Right. Yeah, it's cool. It's definitely its own side of Alaska too. So it's its own, you know, unless you're commercial fishing, it's hard to see some of those spots, you know, mm-hmm. the, the, I mean, Alaska is beautiful no matter how you get up there. Yeah, but it's definitely a privilege getting to see places that 
you know, it would cost thousands of dollars to fly out to or, or charter a boat to, and I'm getting I'm getting paid to go to these just crazy spots, you know, these remote yeah. places that are just just breathtaking. For sure, for so, sure. Yeah, it's it's a good time. So, yeah. So while you're working on the music, um, so kind of taking a step back from uh, to your younger days, who was like the first person to introduce you to music? just in general yeah so i grew up um with my my folks and my i've got a brother and a sister and they're all musical um and they're all playing in the church band that i grew up uh going to so i was seeing them all the time and and um so that was a lot of like the really early exposure my first my first experience really with uh with 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 music with with secular music <laughs> um was uh, i was i mean i had to be uh, 12 13 years old and my dad called me into his office and you know he was an old hippie from upstate new york and he he, he loved loved all the good good old i mean they all they all have great music days anyway he called me into his office and had me sit on his lap and uh turn off the lights and he played all the dark side of the moon pink floyd's dark side of the moon nice. and that was just the the coolest thing i'd ever and he's got you know some nice desktop monitors he's an audiophile like me so it was a real real fantastic experience and um we had i don't know if you remember microsoft media players little little visual things that they would yeah, have yeah. yeah yeah so we just had those going on while we were uh listening to dark side and and i remember uh after that just being like wow this is this can be made you know like this <laughs> someone made this this is this is the coolest thing ever um and and after that i mean i just i really tuned into music mm -hmm. you know on a, on a different different wavelength i guess and yeah um picked up the guitar shortly after that i mean how do you listen to david gilmore and not want to pick up the guitar you know, mm -hmm. hard not to <laughs> but yeah so that pink floyd uh, to this day is is my favorite band and and uh very influential to sugar naps music as well mm -hmm. so yeah other than that there's a lot of um 60s and 70s folk music from uh you know the san francisco scene and all that um a lot of Neil Young as well, and I guess he kind of fit down in that scene too. But so my, my folks and I, and my brother and sister, we would uh, would harmonize and jam, have these cool jams uh, to these old, you know, uh, Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young songs, mm. and uh, James Taylor and Carol King and Joni Mitchell, and so I I had a really rich up upbringing around music, and that uh, it's definitely definitely a big part of it all for me. So for sure, for sure. So you you brought up uh, Dark Side of the Moon is kind of that first album was there a specific song that spoke to you or was it just the entire experience i mean that whole album is kind of an experience of itself and as many years ago as it was now i can so vividly remember hearing uh hearing the the, the clocks go off in the beginning of the song time and just being blown away by it and us <laughs> and them uh, i mean i could i could almost think of every single song and the experience i had listening to the whole thing but yeah, I think us and them and time and uh, great gig in the sky definitely were songs that um, I vivid vividly remember mm -hmm. experiencing and, and just being blown away by uh, by the performances by Claire Torrey's performance on Great Gig in the Sky and and the swirling organs and keyboards and us and them and of course the clocks and time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. For sure. For sure. So when you um, started uh, picking up the guitar and learning how to play. Did you, um, were you just learning covers or did you jump into learning how to write at that point? Um, well, I guess to give you a little bit more backstory, uh, from a pretty early age, and I don't even know when, cause it's as early as I can remember, I was really, really into soundtracks. And so mm -hmm. we had a grand piano in the house growing up. And so I would, I would learn these different, just kind of by ear, I would learn these different soundtracks like. Pirates of the Caribbean and Star Wars and Last of the Mohicans and mm -hmm. uh, Braveheart, you know, some some pretty pretty good 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 stuff there. And then yeah. um, after that, I started kind of dabbling and writing and composing my own pieces that I always thought would be cool for a movie soundtrack. You know, that was mm -hmm. kind of how I was writing them. So I wasn't really writing a lot of lyrics, but I would write a lot of stories in, in class and school. Um, I think it was after uh, old Dark Side of the Moon experience when I started picking up the guitar. That's when I started. Uh, materializing everything a little bit more and kind of combining words and music and um, I wanted to be um, less of a composer of movie soundtracks and more of a musical artist I guess you know yeah for sure write impactful songs 
songs like Great Gig in the Sky and Us and Them that impacted me so much. I wanted to create stuff that I could move somebody else as intensely with, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. And so then as you kind of start growing in your career and moving forward in your music career, you'd mentioned that you played in a few different bands. What kind of music were you playing at that point? Was it just traditional alt rock or what kind of music were you? Um, so growing up in Seattle, uh, I think you could almost ask any band who's come from here who, who <laughs> has, would probably mention some influence from Alice in Chains or mm. Pearl Jam or Nirvana mm. or Soundgarden, Temple of the Dog. I mean, all the, 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 the titans of, of the Northwest, you know. Yeah. Um, and so growing up with some of my early bands, um, actually quite a straight quite far from Pink Floyd. One of my first bands was kind of like a heavy metal band. Okay. Um, and and i wanted so badly to sing heavy metal and i'm so glad that i stopped trying to do that <laughs> as much as i love listening to it i just that's just i just can't do it it's not me but i love i love that stuff so much so i tried a lot of that um and so my first band we called it progressive grunge metal which was okay. sort of like a you know we, we like to think of it as if if dream theater met alice in chains you know <laughs> um and we, you know i played with some really good guys but uh it just wasn't 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 quite the the thing mm-hmm. um so we kind of we broke up for all different reasons and all my bands i've been one of the only people who has ever who, who's still continuing to pursue music so i think that was a lot of it is people just music wasn't the long long-term thing so fans break up people go in different directions um and so after that band um i met up with some guys um we started the band called dire fire Mm-hmm. And that was kind of fun because I was able to take a step back from kind of the main spotlight lead lead role, which was kind of nice, and focus more on guitar playing because I've always been a big guitar player. I love yeah. guitar playing and, and all that stuff. Again, coming back to David Gilmore and listening to Time, you know, and oh, yeah. all that. Hard not to. Um, so uh, so that was kind of nice. And it was, it was sort of like a Lennon-McCartney partnership in terms of the writing thing with Dire Fire because mm-hmm. I was still a big-time writer, and I, I, would, I produced... Um, our, our, I kind of co-produced the first couple of things we did, um, and and that was fun. That was kind of a, that was it harkened back to a, a further era in the '70s with psychedelic rock and and some reggae. So it was kind of like if if people said if, if Pink Floyd or Led Zeppelin met uh, Sublime was kind of the vibe of Dire Fire. So you know, yeah, lots yeah. of long guitar solos and and uh, the singer was uh, had a very Bradley Noel kind of kind of voice. Sounded great. We're still good buddies, but again, just we broke up. We actually had sort of a um, uh, a little bit of a record deal kind of thing um, with London Bridge Studio, who is the studio where Alice in Chains recorded and all those titans, uh, hey. Soundgarden, Nirvana didn't do anything there, but Pearl Jam did a lot of stuff there. Temple of the Dog, Macklemore, the list goes on and on. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were uh, kind of at the not any great peak, but the peak of our career, of our time, you know, with that band, the biggest we had ever been. I mean, we were turning down shows because we we were just getting booked all the time, all mm-hmm. the time. Um, and it was awesome. But um, but I think we got kind of stressed out about the direction of music. Um, at that point, you know, I, I was feeling like, you know, why are we trying to sound like Sublime and Led Zeppelin when we're competing with Sublime and Led Zeppelin? Yeah. You know, like we're... We're not going to win that one. Yeah. And of course yeah. it's fun playing. We love that music and we're honoring that by playing it. But but we're trying to be original artists and we're not really being original, you know. Yeah. Um, and we are in our own ways. It's our own songs through the filter of, you know, of those influences. And I guess any artist kind of is the sum of their influences. Um, but so I, I was kind of pushing our envelope a little bit. And, and, and I think that became uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um half of us were on the same page and the other half wasn't and there's four of us so we we're kind of split down the middle <laughs> yeah and i remember so it, being a, go ahead i was gonna say is it fair to say early on especially during this time you were kind of struggling with being influenced by a band versus being a tribute band of a sublime you know is that well kind of we a, never wanted to be like a like well, a, you, a you were necessarily. you were worried that you were being more of a tribute band than being influenced by certain bands yeah in in a way and i think that more um i think the big thing with that was just our fan base like we Mm. weren't we weren't really seeing well we weren't seeing a lot of young people coming out to our shows 
we were seeing a lot of, you know, moms and dads who, you know, heard a band that sounded kind of like the bands that they were into. Yeah. We still had, you know, a fine young audience, but I just, I, I saw it going in a direction that wouldn't have lasted for a long time. You know, I don't think it would have been very substantial on a, on a touring standpoint, on a global standpoint. It just, I don't think it was a market that made sense for us. Again, sure. we're competing with, you know, just... The, the actual bands were competing with Aerosmith, you know, and it's like, it, it just, I just thought that's not, that's not really going to work. We're going to cap yeah. out. We're going to yeah. plateau. And then, and then that's going to be it. Um, yeah. you know, these, these fans don't, don't use Spotify, you know, they, they, they don't, they they don't follow social media. I mean, it's just, mm. it would be really, really tough to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. so, and I, you know, I still think we had a pretty original sound. I don't think you could listen to us and, and actually say that we sound like one or another band. I mean, you could, surely hear the influences but um but yeah and i i remember uh, we were working with um a grammy nominated producer and owner of london bridge studio london eric lillivois and um a really good buddy of mine now we're he's, he's kind of a, a really close mentor um but you know tensions were really high during this the studio session recording the first single of what would be our first uh, album from london bridge mm-hmm. um and late, late, late nights, you know, so stressful. I mean, it felt like, you know, the Fleetwood Mac rumor sessions, you know, just drama all the time. And I remember talking to Eric, and I'm like, man, I just, I don't really know what to do here. I, I, I really want this to work out with these guys. And I just feel heartbroken that we're having such a hard time with it. And, and he, I remember he, he told me, he's like, you know, Caleb, I, I, would, I would really suggest um, and encourage you to pursue your own thing. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know what that meant at the time. I thought, does that mean like a solo folk career? You know, what is my own thing? Is that, do I just have a little acoustic guitar with me? Yeah. Like, what, what, what does that even look like? I don't know anything about home studios or producing stuff myself. Um, but at the same time, I wanted so badly to be the one turning all the knobs during those sessions. I'm like, man, we're paying thousands of dollars for somebody else to turn the knobs, for somebody mm. else to create our sound. Yeah. And so yeah. I had a pretty heavy hand in, in the co- co-production of that single, of that song. Um, that was never released with Dire Fire, but there's some more fun history with that song, with that session. Um, so, so after all that, we ended up breaking up shortly, very shortly after the song wasn't released. I started my own home studio and started writing stuff. And Eric from Lennon Bridge was kind of my, my mentor with all that. Hey, what, what gear do I get? What should I do? What do these knobs do? What kind of knobs should I be getting? You know, what kind of gear should I be getting? Yeah. Um, and I just started writing sugar nap stuff like crazy. I mean, it was just pouring out of me and, and, um, and I kind of felt like estranged a little bit because for the first time, you know, it wasn't just, you know, butt rock, you know, it, it yeah. wasn't just, yeah. it were, were, you know, it was just different. And, and it was so weird and, and empowering in a way too, cause I'm, I'm for the first time controlling everything and it was never about control, but it was, it was empowering knowing that I'm not going to break up this project because there's other people that leave the band, you know, mm-hmm. sugar nap's mm-hmm. only going to ever break up if I decide that I don't want to do it. And, and that's all I'd want to do. So of course it's not going to, you know, yeah. not going to break up. So, so yeah, that was kind of the, the, the timeline of all that. And, um, and I guess that was quite a few years ago now, which is even crazier to think about. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so so before the first single, I think Sugar Nap had been kind of around for three years, real quiet. I mean, I would've been writing music for Sugar Nap, I should mm. say. Um, with the whole vision, you know, I had my, I mean, I remember having a document, even with like the color scheme down. I was like, these are the colors I want the, the vibe to be, you know, and, and all that. And I had really, really dialed it all in. Um, so, yeah, and then to, to circle back to that, that, that session at Lennon Bridge Studio, um, that was a song that I had wrote, and I was singing lead on it, and I think that was kind of a tough thing too, because previously I had mainly taken the lead guitar player role with some harmonizing here and there, and so it was kind of like this this new sound, this new look, this new vibe, and I think that was so conflicting. Um, and I'd wrote the song about a really good friend of mine who had passed away when we were teenagers, and so it was a really special song that I, I, I held on to real tight. Um, but fast, fast forward, I, I keep, I still work with London Bridge a lot. Um, and uh, that song, I actually ended up just redoing the parts um, that the members did besides the drums. Um, and that's actually going to come out as a, as a Sugar Nap single, mm-hmm. um, which is really exciting. And, and on top of that, to, to also circle back to the days of Pink Floyd, um, 
this is this is the first time this news has 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 been out there, so it's a exciting thing. Um, but Durga McBroom, who sang for Pink Floyd for 30 years uh, on their last three albums and toured with them for years, um, she's singing on this song. She's Very singing on, on that song. So it's kind of a magic, magic thing. And that, that song's coming out later later this year. Um, but yeah, so it's 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 kind of been a magical few weeks. Uh, she's been recording that down in her studio in L.A. right now. So we've been in touch lots with that. Um, I haven't I haven't gotten the the finished tracks from her yet but i'm just ecstatic i'm gonna fly down uh, as the sessions wrap up and um say hi and all that and, yeah how, how did you kind of how did it all come together to bring her in um so nothing crazy or fancy or secret or anything i was pretty much on facebook and i followed john karen who was touring with pink floyd for uh, for a while um and he is pretty interactive with his with with the people that like his page with his fans, his followers. And um, I like to follow him and catch news from other Pink Floyd tours, Roger Waters tours or David Gilmore, yeah. whatever. Um, and he had made a post saying that uh, Durga McBroom um, started her her remote studio so she could be doing remote session work. Um, and so I just messaged him and I said, hey, uh, how can I get a hold of her? I, I would love for her to come on a Sugar Nap song. And... Um, and I've sent him sugar nap stuff. I can't. I can't go publicly telling you if he listened to it or not. I hope yeah. he did. And I hope yeah. he liked it. But, um, but he sent me her information. Um, and so I, I, I pretty much just messaged her on Facebook, which was the information he passed along. And, um, she got back to me. And within that same night, we had a little little contract drawn up, and it was ready to go. You know. Awesome. Of course, I had to share the experience listening to Dark Side uh, as a kid, and then watching the Pulse concerts where she sings. Uh, part of Great Gig in the Sky. And yeah, I, I, had to, I had to be a little, 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 little fan fanboy for a second there, of course. <laughs> oh, for sure, for sure. You know, it, yeah. it's interesting because I had a um, kind of a similar situation with the podcast that I booked early on during the pandemic. Um, we had Roger Earl from Fog Hat on the podcast, oh, yeah. and um, so I was originally reached out to him a few years back. Cause my dad was getting ready to retire from work. And my dad always had this story that he was the pilot that flew a plane to one of the photo shoots that they used on an album, like an EP that they had released. There, mm, there's like cool. a little airplane on it. And so I reached out to the bank or fog hat just on their website. They had like a little contact us form or whatever. And I was like, told them the story. I was like, hey, it'd be awesome if you guys could put a video together yeah. and just kind of wish my dad a happy retirement, you know, whatever, nothing crazy. And yeah. they're like, oh yeah, just let us know uh, the details and all that stuff. And Roger Earl's wife emailed me because she's man she was managing kind of all that stuff. And she's like, yeah, just let us know all this stuff. And I'm like, okay. And then my dad ended up not really retiring. So I was like, well, this is kind of on hold and then pandemic hit. And I was like, Hey, I do this podcast thing. Would you be interested in jumping on? Oh yeah. They'd love to. And I'm like, wait, what? Uh, come again. <laughs> yeah. so, so that, that was a fun night to say yeah. the least. So oh, I bet that's awesome. Yeah. So that, that but, was, that was uh, 2020 uh, yeah. during the pandemic. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. You know, everybody had downtime. So it's like, yeah. <laughs> Maybe I need to be reaching out to more of these uh, these uh, legends in the game and just see who I can get on here. So yeah, why not? You know. Uh, no, but it's really cool, and the fact that you got her on the on the is it going to be the next single or is it uh, like a couple of singles off yet? Um, hard, hard, hard telling, not known, as I like to say. Yeah. <laughs> we, we've kind of got a batch of of singles, um, and I've got. You know, I, I produce and, and, and mix and do all the music myself, but I do um, I do have a, a very, very helpful team that I owe a lot to um, that I kind of brainstorm with and, and nice. shoot things back and forth with. So we're, we're still kind of figuring out um, when it, it'll come out, but it'll be yeah. sometime this year. Gotcha. That makes sense. Whether, whether it's the next one or, or after that, I don't know. But yeah. For sure. For sure. So you got the uh, you got a do have a new single out now. It's uh, Harms. Uh, how long has it been out at this point? Just shy of, I guess, what is it, the tenth day? So yeah, just about um, eight days shy of thirty okay. days. Okay. Um, 
a week shy of a month, in other words. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's been it's been awesome. Um, that 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 was a really fun song. Um, actually, I recorded the drums myself for that at London Bridge Studio as well. Um, so that was that was one of the first sessions back with the Sugar Nap stuff to London Bridge, mm-hmm. um, which was of course just magic as always. I mean that room is so spectacular. So. Um, yeah, uh, did drums there at Lennon Bridge, and then everything else was done at my home studio. Um, the song was written out on the Olympic Peninsula here on the Washington coastline. Um, it's a pretty, pretty remote area uh, for the most part, and I certainly chose an even more remote area. Um, and was kind of going out and having a little solo, solo backpacking trip and rode around a fire one night. I, I had been going through some some kind of funky stuff in my life. I mean, I guess that's kind of the name of the game when, when you're living. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, I, uh, yeah. So, so I'd written that song and, and, uh, kind of influenced by, um, some people that I knew at the time, some people who had came and gone from my life and some more significant than others. And it was kind of a caricature of, of, um, not necessarily one specific person, but of like a, um, I don't know, a style of character, a, a genre of person, if you will, you know, um, of this, this sort of, this, this, this gal that, uh, is always kind of on the run, always, uh, looking for, uh, acceptance and love and, 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 and on the outside looking in, she's just a charmer. I mean, she's perfect. She, she's everybody's dream girl, but, um, but there's 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 more to it, and there's there's uh, all those faces and all those different flavors are all sort of a front um, to cover up something else that she's running from. Uh, so, so that's kind of wh- who the song, and and of course in the end it, it gives her harms. That's the chorus lyric. Um, you know all those those fronts, and and it's not exclusive to I guess a, a, a female character. It's yeah. that's what the song's about. But it's it's something that I think. Um, is something that a lot of us, you know, kind of, kind of ch- challenge sometimes is is putting up different fronts to fit in with certain friend groups or, or relationships. You know, I know there's a relationship I've had where I kind of fake interests sometimes because I, I so deeply love that relationship. You know, and it, it's it's not really good. <laughs> you know, it's not really helpful because. Every time that I've done that, that relationship has ended. You know, I don't have a good track record, but um, I, so I, anyway, it's it was a kind of a philosophical looking in, uh, introspective kind of thing. Character. Um, yeah, yeah, that's what it's about. Um, yeah, it's been out for uh, for for a little bit now, and it's it's gotten some pretty good. Um, got gotten some press on it, which has been really cool. Um, I just partnered up with uh, Odd Brothers Music Group, um, a record label. And they're doing a, a limited vinyl distribution of the nice. single, which is so cool. First time yeah. I've ever done that. I've been waiting for the first opportunity to have one, so I'm just freaking out about it. Um, so that'll be really exciting. And then that's really cool it. that you're doing vinyl. Like I, you don't see that a lot for at least for singles, just because the cost uh recoup isn't quite there for singles but it's really cool so yeah it was it was a pretty exciting opportunity it's it's not um they're kind of doing it per record they're a smaller um smaller label and they don't press it they lathe cut everything themselves Mm. so they can keep costs way down themselves and the timeline is is you know pretty quick too on turnaround time which isn't the case for a lot of full-length record pressing right now um so yeah it's it's there's nothing nothing out of pocket for me right now and it's just the, it's it's a really it's the first time i've had any sort of uh, deal like that you know that's actually materialized so it's it's been a pretty exciting um been a pretty exciting thing there so we we actually just launched that campaign pretty much today so cool and it, yeah. the uh it's the vinyls for sale now or when does the the actual sale happen yeah, it, it'll be that that link. Um, mm-hmm. So you it actually it's bought off of their website, Odd, mm-hmm. Odd Brothers Music Group, um, and I put it on my website um, just so people who visit that website can see it. And mm-hmm. there's a couple other social media reasons because I couldn't I couldn't link my store stuff to another website. So anyway, um, 
Yeah, you can you can get it on my website, and that just directs it over there. And gotcha. Um, that makes sense. Yeah, it makes things it's so it's, much it's, makes things so much easier when you do that. So. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so it'll. I, I think everything ships out in three weeks or something, and three weeks or three and a half or something. But awesome. Yeah, awesome. yeah. Cool, cool. And so that that's uh, Harms is out now, and then of course you got the uh, the vinyl release, and it'll be shipped in about three weeks. Uh, what's kind of the plan moving forward? I know you said you got some shows on the books and stuff of that nature, but what, what's kind of the plans moving forward? Yeah, um, actually, we just got confirmed today for a show um, with Bahamas. I don't know if you know Bahamas. They're an awesome, awesome, awesome band. Um, pretty, pretty big, successful indie rock band. Um, chill. I think it's actually another single kind of hmm. producer engineer guy like me who then has a live band that comes out with him. So gotcha. Um, anyway, I've been a big fan for a long time, so it's exciting. And this will actually be the official live debut for Sugar Nap. Okay. So that's a, that's a pretty big 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 deal, I guess. <laughs> and it's nice. at Numos in Seattle, which is one of my favorite venues to play in Seattle. Really, really great venue. What can people expect from a Sugar Nap show? So typically, um, when we're when we're practicing and 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 getting ready for that, and we actually did a little house show at my my spot. Um, last year just for a live video thing which is on youtube you can watch mm. the whole live thing and that was kind of an exclusive invite only that's why i say our, our real first debut is is next week yeah but um i i really like the songs kind of taking on a different life live um my thoughts have kind of been if somebody wants to hear the music exactly like it is on the record then they'll they can turn the record oh, yeah. up really loud <laughs> you yeah. know um so you know it doesn't they don't sound like different songs but there's a lot more uh drawn out parts and you know there's some longer jams and the intros are different a little bit and part of that's also due just to the kind of complexity of the production with with some of those songs because i i don't i really don't like uh doing backtrack stuff i, I like to perform as much of all the parts as possible so so yeah that'll be that'll be that we're, we're trying to um it's going to be a little bit of an interesting show because the Bahamas backline is so big. Yes. Yeah. It's just us yeah. and them. And so most of the stage is going to be taken up. Um, and so we're, we're having to adjust a few things um, for our live set than what we would typically be doing. Yeah. Um, so it might take on a life that structurally is a little bit more similar to, to the record. Um, but yeah, it's a, uh, it's a good time. Uh, there's, I, 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 I like listening to the live versions of, of our jams. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I mean, th that's always, so I'm assuming they don't have that big of a stage where you're going to play if like, the, or is their backline that big that it's well, just. So that was, that's why I was so shocked because they have And I played there before with um, pretty big lineups. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, I've been on a bill of, you know five other bands on that stage and, and most of each band has their own you know backline i think mm. you know a few shared drum sets or something but anyway so yeah i was shocked to find out that i'm i'm the only opener for the show and and there's there's not that much room on the stage so um yeah it's a big stage but i guess there's just that that big of a band for for, for bahamas <laughs> yeah i that that's interesting that's wild uh so for yeah. your for your live set will it be just you by yourself or will you bring in other like session guys or whatever so um so the live sugar nap thing and you can see all this stuff on youtube as well um mm -hmm. i've got the whole concert um from that little garage show i did here yeah. on on youtube and um, we put that together mostly for like promotional reasons for booking and all that um but that's all on there and you can kind of see what the full band dynamic looks like but typically i don't i've, I've turned down a, quite a few offers to do solo sugar nap shows again because i it would be a lot of it would be a lot of backing tracks and i'm just i'm not that psyched about that yeah you know, i don't want i don't really want to charge people you know 10 20 30 40 bucks to come watch me hit buttons uh you know and then yeah. jam to them i mean that's it's i don't have anything against people that do that I, I pay that kind of money to go see people do that you know yeah um but it's just i don't really want to do that with sugar nap especially this early in the game you know mm. yeah um, for sure for sure i get so it so for, for the show next week <clears throat> um on tuesday I'll have, uh, we're, we're trying to work it out where we can try to get everybody up there, but it'll for sure be three of us. It'll be me, the keyboard player, and the bass player. So mm. 
um, when I when I talked when I mentioned it being slightly more like the record, we might just pull the drums from the actual studio recordings, mm-hmm. um, and then just have the rest of us, the three of us, do the performance over that. Gotcha. Um, yeah, and so as far as the live band goes, it's a consistent group of guys that I've okay. got. Um, I don't just pull in. I mean, there, there will be times in the future where if one guy can't play a, a, a really big show, then I'll, I'll pull somebody else on who can fill mm-hmm. that spot. Um, and that's all an agreement that we've all we've all made. And it's, yeah. uh, you know, it's, it's kind of on the premise that everybody else also has their own bands and everyone in the band is playing in different things all the time. We're, you know, we're all trying to do it full time and just make a life out of music. So um, I want to make sure that they have all the opportunities they can, um, you know, to be playing gigs. and For sure. Anyway. For sure. But yeah, yeah, it'll always be as, as consistent as it can be with, with these guys. Gotcha. And I guess that, that was a better way to answer the question than I actually asked it, because that, that's kind of more what I was th- As I was asking that question in my head, I was like, nope, this isn't coming out right, but I'm already in the middle of the question. So <laughs> I, I thought that you might be asking for that. Yeah. yeah. I was picking up what you were putting down. Yeah. yeah. But what might be interesting is because I've seen like on a lot of the shows that I've been to where they have a lot of bands, they share uh, like drum sets, like, and then just everybody swaps out their own cymbals. So maybe that might be a workaround to the backline issue. I don't know if that helps at all, but. Um, yeah, we've been, we've been asking about it. I've, my managers have been back and forth with the, the booker all day, all morning and all day. It's, it's 6 PM here and it's just, I'm still getting texts from them. We're still trying to, trying to squeeze it out of them if we can get our drummer on there and to do exactly that. Right. Cause yeah. I've seen so many shows where just the drum set is shared. So yeah. Um, but they're, you know, they're a much bigger band, and I, I, you know, can understand that they might be concerned about sharing their mm. their stuff because if something happens during our set, they're it's their tour, and you know they're yeah. SOL yeah. if they don't have other stuff. So yeah, I've, I get it. It's unfortunate. I get it though. So I, but I've seen it go awry the other way. There was a show that I went to. My buddies, my buddies' band wasn't the headliner, but they they had the best looking gear i get like not yeah. the best gear but the, at least the best looking gear and so they put up yeah. their uh his drum sets and one of the bands before them the drummer had these big ass like marching stick like marching stick or marching band drumsticks yep yeah. that's what yeah, i'm yeah. going for and like yeah. these big old meat cleaver looking things and he's <laughs> like dude he is going to destroy my drum set i'm going to get pissed if he does this yeah, sure so enough. It was he 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 escaped, but he was pissed about it. So it was yeah, I bet it was, it was interesting. So, um, but yeah. I totally I totally get it. Like you don't want somebody coming in and destroying your gear, especially if you don't know who they are. And it's like, but you're both there for a reason, so you got to have a little bit of trust that you're both professional and you're, you're gonna you're gonna do right by them. So. Yeah, definitely. There's there's a phone. It's south of us, or any of my experiences playing. Um, but yeah, you just you just never know. And I'm also not the drummer. And guitar players are really particular about. I mean, everyone's particular about their instruments, but yeah. uh, you know, we're usually not. Uh, you know, guitar players are so anal about their tone that you don't usually see them sharing amps. So yeah, for <laughs> yeah, sure. I've usually been that, so I've never had to share. For sure. <laughs> For sure. Uh, so that that show's coming up, and then uh, this will be like the debut of uh, Sugar Nap. It just in general, uh, as you put it, um, are you playing more shows after, or what's kind of the rest of the? I guess holy shit, the rest of the summer. I guess at this point. Yeah. Right. Um... Yeah, we've been uh, just practicing a lot in January and February, and I've been just recording like crazy, getting ready to for to put putting together a whole album. Yeah, um, I've just been crazy. So we've been practicing a lot between that. Yeah, this Bahamas show on Tuesday at Numos will be kind of the first kickoff of what will end up being hopefully a really busy summer. Um, yeah. we're still we're still booking a lot. We're getting gigs here and there, and trying not to you know, saturate our weekends too much yeah. by playing, you know, two or three nights a week. And, and, you know, we don't want to wear our, wear our fans out too much, you know? Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Um, anticipating a lot of shows this year. <clears throat> and, and then uh, kind of between all those shows, um, lots of, uh, lots of new music coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got, you know, the stream of singles coming out for, um, 
for my next next album my next next album is the plan mm-hmm. um on top of that i've been recording a, a little covers ep which i'm really excited about kind of a sugar nap take on on some some old favorites um so that i don't really have a release date for that yet it'll yeah. probably be just kind of a, a surprise thing i'll drop um but uh yeah that's the plan there and and hopefully uh getting some more collaborations and that's another another goal of mine in this 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 new year i love love doing collaborations i had two on the sugar nap ep and uh that was just a blast so looking forward to uh linking up with other artists that um that like working with other artists i guess you yeah. know coming from yeah. the producer side of things i just it's i just love um working with artists and seeing their visions come to life and collaborating on visions and, mm-hmm. and different music endeavors and um yeah so hoping for lots of that too awesome awesome what what kind of uh covers are you looking or are you putting out on this ep like not maybe not necessarily anything in specific but what kind of covers what kind of music are you covering um there's a lot of songs that i'm covering that were previously female led that i'm okay. I'm singing um a lot of kind of 90s um 90s stuff okay um that's that's actually most of it is is kind of 90s stuff it's a little bit of 80s stuff um now is it like are you talking like rock rockish music or are you take going like completely left field and doing like hip-hop and then like reimagining it to more of your sound no it's more um more kind of like yeah alt, alt rock stuff. okay yeah, the, 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 the more chill side of alt rock. Yeah. Um, I'm doing a Chris Isaac song as well, which is which will be pretty fun. Um, some Mazzy Star. Um, yeah, yeah, yeahs. Nice. That's a couple couple of right. the artists that I'll be covering. So that's what's Part up. Of it is, what's that? I just say that's what's up. And you don't have a release date for that yet, right? I don't have a release date for that yet. Yeah. No, I haven't even really announced that I'm doing that. Um, gotcha. It's just something that I'm, I'm working on. And, and like I said, it'll probably be sort of a last minute surprise kind of, Hey, here's, here's a covers EP, go check it out. You know? Yeah. Uh, and sure. Of course I'll do some, some promoting behind it. But, oh yeah, uh, for sure. Focusing on the original stuff, of course. And, and yeah. Shows, so yeah. now it's kind of the point in the uh, podcast that I ask you to pick your favorite child. So out of everything that you've released over the last couple of years under the uh, Sugar Nap project, what's your favorite song to play? Like perform? Yeah, perform. Oh, man. Uh, that's so tough. I mean, I wrote them all, so of course I'm a little biased. I mean, I, yeah. I love them all. Um, I think I, I really enjoy, uh, and you don't hear it quite as much on the record. I mixed it pretty low. Um, but live, it really, really comes out. But I, I love playing the acoustic guitar part on Going Nowhere. Okay. Um, that's not, uh, I think my favorite song to perform that isn't a song that's even released yet is a song called Tomorrow. And you actually can watch that on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Put that on YouTube. It's a song called Tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Wrote that up in Alaska. I've got... I actually, that song is recorded already. I have um, Ben Smith, who played with Heart and also played... Um, for the Stillwater band on the movie Almost Famous, yep. uh, he he drummed on that song, which is pretty cool, and he did actually a couple other Sugar Nap songs as well. But anyway, um, that's probably my favorite song to 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 play. I thought it was going nowhere, but I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to say tomorrow. That's my final answer. <laughs> awesome, awesome, awesome. I mean, it's yeah. obviously this obviously isn't the end all be all to oh nope that that's his favorite song. That's what he said. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, right, right, right yeah it's pretty fun um and live um that yeah going nowhere is such a blast and we've kind of reimagined that a little bit more live as well Mm -hmm. but um tomorrow again only available on youtube right now but it's um it was kind of the first song that i decided to uh call back to my more jammy roots with some guitar stuff um lead guitar work. I mean, I remember there was a moment when I was writing all the Sugar Nap stuff, I'm like, I'm not even going to have any lead guitar in here because I'm, I'm, I'm going to be so new and exciting. Yeah. And, and of course, I'm like, dude, you grew up playing guitar. I mean, why do you got to toss it out like that? But anyway, um, so so Tomorrow was, was one of the first Sugar Nap songs where I really got to um, emphasize all that again. Um, and so what, what in the studio recording is, is, you know, maybe a minute, 
not a, not even a minute, you know, 45 seconds of a little jam between keyboards and synth and guitar, you know, live we turned that into like a, a six minute jam. And, uh, and it's just so much fun. Uh, you know, me and the keyboard player are, are bouncing stuff off of each other and, um, it's just such a, such a fun song to, to play. And there's some great harmonies on it. Very Crosby, Stills and Nash. And yeah. it's kind of like a, uh, a callback to many of the things that I grew up on that influenced me. So I'm excited to release that one. That will be the last song, the last single released before my new album. So. Awesome. It can be anticipated, but it'll be it'll be a ways out. Uh, gotcha, gotcha. So you, yeah, the live versions on 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 YouTube, and we still play that song live. So awesome, awesome. So you still got a lot of music to release yet. I'm going to say yet this year, but just in general, yeah. you still got a lot of singles to release before the uh, album. So are all the just to kind of tease more towards the album here before we kind of start wrapping things up? Uh, are all these singles that you're working on are they? building to the album like will they some of them be on the album or will the album be like fresh new never heard never seen before music no it's it's absolutely going to be building up for the album <clears throat> so harms harms is that first song mm-hmm. that first single um that'll be off the album tomorrow will be the last and some of mm-hmm. those other ones i've mentioned are and there's more uh, to yeah. come that, that those will all be off of the album um so that's that's really exciting, and and like I was mentioning earlier, I mean I've just got catalogs of, of music recorded, even you know stuff that songs that are done and ready to go. Um, I know <clears throat> I've I've probably got uh, two and a half full length albums worth of material ready mm. to go. And, hey, uh, that's a good thing, right? It's great, and it just keeps coming, and it's 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 a little overwhelming because I'm running out of time to to keep writing, and and, and then I'm writing new stuff before I'm you know finishing up old stuff. So it's, I gotta you know make a block schedule for certain recording mm. things, and, and it's 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 I feel very priv- privileged to be so inspired with all this stuff, and and it's been just amazing. Um, <clears throat> and I'm sure most of it will all get out there. I'm sure there'll be some things that by the time I get around to it, I'm gonna feel like I just don't want to release it anymore. Yeah. Um, and maybe well, put out a, a little thing later. That, that'll be kind of an interesting process that you go through as you start realizing, oh crap, I've got 40 songs I got to record. And then just kind of that process you go through to be like, okay, I'm going to record this one into how you kind of choose those songs. And yeah. as you kind of get, go through your journey in this music career, it's like, okay, this song, doesn't really edit it'll be kind of interesting to see how that all plays out so yeah definitely i i think and and that was part of the thing with with the first sugar nap ep2 is is it kind of captured a, f- a few different uh different flavors mm. of, of the other categories of songs that i've got um you know they're all sugar nap but i think they all kind of take on a different emphasis of different some genres i mean when she comes is one of my favorites from the ep and that that's that's a lot more folky Kind of folktronic, which is which is really cool. Um, and then you know, shot I did with Julia Newman, and that's has a totally you know rock vibe. Um, a big long fade out of a guitar solo and all that, you know. Um, so I was kind of testing the waters a little bit, um, you know, seeing seeing what the reception was and and what people liked. I mean, I like it all. I don't feel like I'd be um, robbing myself of any artistic integrity by not doing one thing or the other you know it's i love everything i'm i'm making and that's why i'm making it i guess um and so i was kind of testing the waters with that but what i can see potentially being a thing is is maybe releasing different eps uh with groups of songs that fit more together you know Mm -hmm. and then the album kind of being the the largest sum of songs that that fit together in an album's uh length worth of 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 stuff you know so that's kind of how I've been breaking it down right now. Um, and again, it all, it all, it's not like I'm doing, you know, jazz and then Americana and then heavy metal. It's not, it's not quite that, that crazy, yeah. you know, uh, but you know, small, small, subtle differences that I probably paid more attention to than most. But, yeah. um, it, anyway. It's a, it's enough of a difference to keep things interesting, but not enough to have an identity crisis. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Cool. Yeah. Cool. But so, no, yeah. awesome. Awesome. But it's been an absolute blast chatting with you. Uh, if anybody wants to check out the new music, anything else you got going on, any show updates, or just interact with you on social, uh, where's the best place to do that? Yeah, I'm um, I'm on Facebook, 
Facebook.com, uh, official sugar nap. Um, that's the Instagram handle as well, official sugar nap. I'm on TikTok. I post some, some each platform, I kind of post its own exclusive sort of content. Um, Facebook and Instagram get the most shared content, but uh, TikTok gets some, some fun TikTok exclusive stuff, and that's just uh, sugar underscore nap. Um, same with Twitter. And then, yeah, uh, Facebook and Instagram are both official sugar nap. Um, on top of that, I'm pretty active on the website, um, and the mailing list on there is great. I, I personally am, am picky with mailing lists because I, I don't like to get just wicked annoyed by someone sending out emails. So, yeah. um, and I'm also just have so much other stuff going on that I, I can assure you that my mailing list isn't, isn't too, uh, too annoying. I, yeah. I post things, you know, maybe once a month or something, yeah. but, um, I'm real detailed with all that too. That's, that's kind of the best way to get the big, the big backstories on stuff. Yeah. I usually yeah. share recording stories and, and, and blips and, and, um, exclusive pictures from inside some of those sessions and, Sometimes photos of like locations of where I wrote, you know, whatever song. I did that with Harms. Uh, I got mm -hmm. a few photos that are just from on that email uh, blast that were from when I wrote that. So anyway, um, and you can sign up for the mailing list on the website just at the bottom of the page on the website. Awesome. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Awesome. Well, once again, thank you so much for hanging out with us. It's been an absolute blast chatting with you. Can't wait to hear the new music, all the fun stuff you got going on. And hopefully one of these years we'll make it up to um, uh, Pacific Northwest. We'll say that because, yeah. Yeah, totally. uh, you know, it's, it's definitely been on the bucket list of places that we want to go, you know, visit Seattle, like what music lover in general, especially when you grew up in the nineties, like who wouldn't yeah. want to go visit Seattle, but I feel yeah, like exactly. that's yeah. just about everybody. So, but exactly. uh, well, you'll have to let me know when you guys get up here. Oh, for sure. For sure. I've got your number. And actually that's kind of funny. So when you called me for whatever reason, it, I had you saved in as Caleb on my phone, but for whatever reason it popped up as Thomas. And I'm like, I have no idea who that is. So Huh. And then you, uh, then I started putting two to two together. I was like, Oh crap. That's a, uh... and then, yeah. So I texted you and I was just like, Oh yeah. So that was kind of funny, but, um, but I absolutely appreciate you hanging out with us. I look forward to uh, keeping in touch and seeing what you got going on. So, uh, but yeah. Yeah. Great. Yeah. And I guess I forgot to mention it too. When you were asking about the music, I'm on all the, the streaming platforms. Mm. Like I mentioned all the social media and I forgot to mention all that. So, um, yeah, just all the social, I mean, all the, uh, streaming platforms I'm on all the, all the music is. So anyway, yeah, no, it, it was, it was great. It was great chatting and, um, really fun. And I, uh, thanks so much for having me and definitely looking forward to staying in touch and getting on again sometime. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Once again, thank you so much for everybody hanging out with us and we will catch you all later. Cool. We're good. We're clear.